Awesome. So thank you everyone for, for joining us. This is Mike Taylor with the NBA. Um, another week of our, our speaker series, Timbo Talks. Excited about the conversation today around sales leadership and sales coaching. Um, super excited for our guest today, uh, who was gracious enough to join us. Um, Inc. Magazine and Fast Company named him one of the five most influential executive coaches. He's delivered his programs to hundreds of thousands of salespeople and managers all over the world and, and across practically every industry. Uh, a best-selling author uh, with books such as Coaching Salespeople into Sales Champions, um, Sales Leadership <laughs> All Your Day, and, and also we see a uh, um, you know, a guitarist and singer as well. Uh, Keith Rosen, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure, Mike. So, so Keith, um, you know, one, I, I think we've been having these weekly talks and I was excited about this and the timing's good because everyone on here has probably been watching the, the Michael Jordan doc, The Last Dance. And, you know, one thing that stood out to me was just Phil Jackson as a coach and managing different personalities and just, you know, the zen that he brought to that that team, you know. Um, and, and so I, I feel like in our world of sports, we get the, the importance of coaching, right? And, and I think you have been passionate about that same importance um, in our business as well. Coaching matters just as much off the court, right, and in the business world as it does on the court. Yeah, the only difference between the sport coaching, of course, and, and the coaching we're doing for our people, of course, there are many similarities. We're just not getting in their face and yelling at them. That's the only difference. Right, right. So I want to kind of frame this conversation by first kind of giving you a chance for those that may not know you or your story, just a little bit about your background and, and how you got into this world and, you know, just some of your journey. I then want to kind of touch on just kind of general sales leadership and coaching concepts, things that you've seen from the different teams and organizations you work with, some of the common mistakes and so forth. And then I wanna talk a little bit about just kind of the future of our business and business in general and you know, how our leaders and, and, and people should be preparing for a, a post-pandemic world. Is that fair? Sounds like a rich conversation we're having. Awesome. So you know, for those that don't know you as well, maybe tell us a little bit about your background and kind of what led you down this path of you know, sales and, and sales coaching and leadership. Sure. So uh, I've been I've had uh, the fortunate opportunity to uh, travel to 75 countries, uh, six continents, uh, working with, I think, my marketing manager said over three million people we've impacted globally. Uh, sales leaders, sales managers, um, salespeople. And uh, 30 years ago when I started my practice, and of course people didn't know what coaching was, I would walk around and people would say, Keith, what are you doing now? And I would say, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a coach now. I'm a sales coach, executive coach. They look at me and they say, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Now, of course, here we are 30 years later and it's the non-negotiable skill that every leader and salesperson needs to master. So 30 years ago, when I first started building my practice, I Focus a lot on salespeople because that's that was my that was my passion that was my background that's what I've been doing, and the more that I coach salespeople, we always got to a point where the manager was that bottleneck for their growth. So to give you a specific example, uh, just like a consummate salesperson myself, I would go out and I would deliver sales training, and after a couple of weeks, I'd follow up with my client and I would ask, so how? How are things going? What was the impact that the training has made? And inevitably, I would hear the same response over and over again. Keith, you know how it is. You know, the training was great, and, but some people took what you shared and they ran with it. Some people adopted some of the things, but the majority of people just slipped back into their old ways. Now, just like everyone on this call, you know, that really bothered me because I want to deliver value. And the more that I worked with salespeople and the more that I started working with managers and executives, the gap was so evident. You see, sales training does not develop sales champions, leaders do. So you can go out and I've seen this and I'm sure everyone on this call, I've seen this before, training comes in, everyone's psyched, great day of training. No reinforcement, a week goes by, everyone's back into their old habits, and it's unfortunately just positioned as the flavor of the month. 
Well, no training can stick and be embedded and sustained unless coaching is there to make it stick for each individual. Otherwise, it's just a short term event. Mm -hmm. So from there, that's when I started not only working with sales people on helping them sharpen their coaching skills, but also sales leaders and helping them transform from that chief problem solver, directive manager to a world class coach. Awesome. It's it's um, an interesting concept around just the difference between it being kind of a, a temporary thing and being a part of your culture, a culture of coaching. Right. Uh, so if we kind of start at the beginning, just you know, how do you define coaching in general? So I'm, I'm going to uh, spare everyone of my long academic definition of coaching and give a definition that everyone can remember right now and embed it in your mind, write it down. Coaching is the art of creating new possibilities. In every conversation, you are either creating a new possibility, one that you may not have ever seen before, which is what makes your job more exciting when you start coaching again, rather than pushing your own agenda. Now, ironically, what's the definition of selling? The art of creating new possibilities. So as you can see here, it's no longer what's going to be in the future. The future is right now. And the evolution of sales training, and I've been speaking to this for the last 20 years, but it's, it's now the competitive edge is for salespeople to transform also to be great sales coaches so they can coach their customers to succeed. So now that you have your salespeople coaching customers, and now your salespeople are coaching each other, and your managers are coaching salespeople, salespeople are coaching up to the managers, to your point before, that's the difference between an event-based training and developing a holistic coaching culture that you can embed and sustain for the long term. So every day, manager at a crossroad, you're, you're going to be the chief problem solver and just give out answers all day long. You'll have a line of people out your door for the rest of your career. That doesn't develop people. That's a great point. And I think it's great for, you know, when I think about everyone that's on the call, you know, it's people at all levels of our business across, you know, all of our leagues. And, and so I think it's, it's relevant for everyone, no matter where you sit in your organization. If you take any of my books that has the word sales on it and remove it, it applies to every people manager on this planet. And so you, you said something that, that stood out to me. You said chief problem solver. And I think there's a tendency, especially when you're a new manager, a new leader, um, you want to just solve things for your people, right? And how do we kind of overcome that and, and, and kind of tell us a little bit about just the danger of being that chief problem solver. How much do we have time do we have here? <laughs> so I'll, I'll try to laser this for everyone. And it's interesting. Actually, I posted something today. Uh, in every conversation, you are either building people and building confidence or you're eroding them. Said a different way, every time you drive your own agenda in a conversation, you're not empowering people, you're disempowering them. So now let's go back to your question about this, this quintessential chief problem solver, which I've been writing about for years. This is where it starts, and this is how we overcome it. And I'm, I'm going to try to laser this as quickly as I can, because this isn't just about a tactical approach. This is about the inner game of leadership. This is about the inner game of sales, just like if you look at the inner game of sports, okay? There's that mental conditioning that goes on with the physical conditioning as well. You can't be a prime athlete unless you work on the whole person. So when you look at the uh, role of managers and them being the directive chief problem solver, unfortunately, they're often a victim of circumstance. So it's sort of like what I was alluding to earlier, where if I'm a salesperson and I come to work for a team and, and I'm really excited and I was taught how to sell and I was, I was a top performer and I'm sure nobody on this call has ever been in this experience before. I hope my sarcasm is translating where all of a sudden that top salesperson was approached by a manager and the manager asks the salesperson, hey, we have an opening in management. What do you think you want to be a manager? So this top salesperson looks around and says, sure, I guess I'll be a manager. After all, it's probably easier than selling. I'm going to make more money. It's less stress. You know, all those things that are really true, right, guys? So, so I... What happens is now you have that top salesperson that's in a manager. And now that manager has never been trained how to coach. So they're only doing what they know, which is how to sell. 
So every single time one of their direct reports comes to them for help, the only thing the manager can do is respond with, well, you know, when I was in your role, this is how I handled it. So you should do this as well. Well, you know what? This worked for me, so it should probably work for you. We're no longer tapping into people's individuality. We're building robots. We're building mini-me's. And unfortunately, we're doing something which is one of the most detrimental things that managers fall into as a trap as a leader is they start managing and coaching in their own image. So, for example, you know, Mike, if you were my manager and you came to me um, and uh, you say, hey, Keith, what's going on? I say, you know, Mike, I'm really struggling with this one issue. I'm trying to work with this client, trying to bring the deal over the finish line. You know, uh, what should I do? Now, that's your opportunity right there, because in every conversation, you're either leading the conversation with questions or you're leading it with answers. Everyone has that choice. That is a choice. The only constant is time. So you're either giving an answer or you're asking a question. So when it comes to being the chief problem solver, managers in their mind are thinking, oh, okay, wait a second. I, I want to help Keith out. Um, yeah, that coaching thing, it takes too long. So, you know, I already been in his shoes. I'll just tell him what to do. And then what is the message that you've just shared with me? The message is, well, I guess every time I have a problem, I'm going to go to my boss for help because they're going to tell me what to do. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, it comes at a greater cost because I've never met uh, an organization or a manager that doesn't want a team of independent, accountable, critical thinking salespeople or, you know, regardless of the team, operations, marketing, it doesn't matter. But here is a leadership paradox. Managers create the very things they want to avoid. Okay. Because every single time a manager gives an answer, they're basically sending a message that, hey, every time you have a problem, come to me and I'll fix it for you. Congratulations, managers. We have now created the very dependency we want to avoid. And here's the real irony is that when, when I, as a manager myself, if, if you're my direct report, you come to me looking for help and I, and I solve the problem for you, guess what I just did? I just made your problem my problem. And now when you go out there and execute on the solution that I shared with you and it doesn't work, guess what? They get to come back to me and say, hey, boss, my hands are clean on this one. It's not my fault. That's your fault. Okay. Congratulations. We've now successfully robbed our people of the very accountability that managers struggle daily with trying to build. So that right there, so that's what, that's what we're creating. But what's the inner game? The inner game is this. Managers believe they are the SME. They're the subject matter expert. Managers have told me time and time again, Keith, you want to know why I was promoted as a manager? It's because I was a really good chief problem solver. Oh, well, that's a, that's a recipe for failure right there. So yeah. as, as managers grow and, and as they're working with their people, this is their opportunity right now as we're all talking here to see, you know what, I'm, I'm falling into that trap. I'm falling into that trap. I'm falling into that trap. And I know, Mike, before we wrap up, we'll talk about some strategies that they can use to start coaching immediately. Mm -hmm. So just yeah, to wrap up my point with the mindset issue, even though uh, managers, part of your value is being the subject matter expert, it's not all of your value, okay? Three fundamental principles of coaching. Here they go. Let your people do their job. Let your people do their job. And if anyone here is feeling clairvoyant, let your people do their job, okay? That's why you hired them, okay? To empower people means give and strength and power to someone, not take it away. The only way you can do that is through coaching them and empowering them to self-generate solutions on their own through the better use of artful and strategic questions. That's a great point. And it's so often when you are a sales rep, you're judged on your effort, the, the success that you produce, and you become a manager and then you're judged on the success of others, right? And I think some people take that pressure and it forces them to become this micromanager because they're saying, you know what? I'm going to be judged on these guys and gals. Like, now nah, I'm going to do it for them. Forget, you know? And, and the big problem is, and I'll tell us to every manager with loving affection, it's never about you. It's always about your people, okay? Managers wake up asking themselves the wrong question. They wake up, especially times of uncertainty and fear and doubt, which is happening today, which I'm sure we'll touch on. Managers are waking up more and more asking themselves the wrong question. They wake up and they ask themselves, okay, okay, what do I need to do to hit my sales and business objectives? 
While that's important, it's the wrong question to ask yourself when you wake up in the morning. You see, for every leader to be truly a transformational leader, the right question to ask yourself is, what do I need to do today to make my people and myself more valuable than I was yesterday? Because that is the mindset of a true leader. Because if you're making your people more valuable every day, what's the byproduct? You achieve your goals with a lot less effort. Uh, it's a great point. It leads kind of into my next question and thought is, you know, oftentimes as a manager, you're struggling to kind of manage your time and there's a lot on your plate, right? And, and so just how do we continue to prioritize that coaching, that development piece in the midst of the 40 other things that I'm expected to do on my day-to-day -day job? When people think they don't have time for coaching, very simply, they don't get coaching. Right? Coaching is not something you do to someone. Coaching is not something that is now on your scorecard, your KPI, your commitments, your goals, your business objectives. Let me make this super easy for everyone here watching and listening. Coaching is a language. What is the language of leadership? Coaching. What is the language of selling? Coaching. So if you want to learn Spanish or Italian or Urdu or Arabic or Hebrew or pick a language out there in the world, Portuguese, coaching is a language that leaders need to learn. It's how you engage with people in a more empowering and deeper level so people feel inspired and builds that personal accountability for them to want to go out and do their job. Unfortunately, most managers are not trained on how to do that. So to that point, I remember reading, you know, there's five questions that managers need to ask when coaching. And so maybe you can walk us through, you know, those five questions and a little bit about why. Sure, sure. You know, and, and again, I want to go back to your point because it's so important. Managers get stuck on this thing that coaching takes too long. Again, if you think coaching takes too long, you're not coaching or you're not coaching effectively. So I want to make sure this is the part I want everyone to, to really be mindful of. And I'm happy to, uh, uh, to send this out to everyone or it's, it's, on, my, it's on my website as well. It's, it's called the 60 Second Sales Coach. And it's literally, a, it's an article I wrote. And quite frankly, it's a strategy on, on coaching that I specifically created because I got so tired of managers saying, Keith, you don't understand. We live in a reactionary world. We got numbers to hit. I don't have time to coach. Okay, well, here, check this out. If you have time to give an answer, you have time to ask a question and coach. Choose. The only constant is time. The only difference is you give an answer now, you'll be giving an answer to your team for the rest of their career. And you can't scale dependency. You coach them now, maybe, I know it's a crazy thought, take just a few extra minutes to coach them, empower them, builds their confidence, builds their problem-solving skills. Managers, that's your lesson on time management. That's how you get your day back. That's how you get your time back. So here is a strategy that is bulletproof that managers, salespeople, anyone, you could start using this right now. Here it is. I call it the 60-second coaching strategy, and it's probably less than 60 seconds. Let's set the, let's set the tone. Um, Mike, you come to me. I'm your manager. Hey, Keith, I have a challenge. Here's my situation. What should I do, boss? Now, again, this is my defining moment. I can tell you what to do, or I can stop. I can take a step back, and I can use this strategy. Hey, Mike, you know what? I'm happy to share with you my opinion. However, you know, you're a lot closer to this than I am, and I trust you, and I trust your judgment on this. So what's your opinion on how to move forward and handle this so you achieve the results you want? I think that was under a minute, right, Mike? I think so. <laughs> yes. So let's break that down. Someone comes to you, they want your opinion, and you're saying, hey, I am happy to share it with you. You're just not giving it to them up front. Because right. then you're saying, however, you're a lot closer to this, which is true, and I trust you and I trust your judgment. That's empowering people and helping them build their confidence and the trust you have with your directs and your peers. Now, here's the million-dollar question. What's your opinion on how to, and fill in the blank, 
What's your opinion on how to serve this client better? What's your opinion on how to rebuild this relationship? What's your opinion on how to move this client over to the finish line? What's your opinion on the best way to approach asking for referrals? Now, notice the key word here. Reality is created in language. I am using the word opinion for a reason. Because if you ask someone, hey, what's the answer? What's your strategy? What's your approach? What's your solution? Approaches, answers, strategies, and solutions can be wrong or right. And people don't like to be wrong. But opinions are not right or wrong. Everybody has an opinion. We can go around our virtual room here and we can ask each person what your definition of success looks like, what your favorite music is, uh, you know, what's your favorite food, where do you love to travel, what's your favorite show. Everyone has an opinion. They're not right or wrong. So that avoids managers falling in the trap of, well, I don't know, boss, you tell me. Don't take the bait. Everyone has an opinion. So right then and there, that is a strategy you could use immediately. Now, let me extrapolate a little more, Mike, and then I want to turn it back to you. Yeah. Simple coaching model everyone can use right now today. Here it is. Everyone ready? What, why, how? There it is. Now, I wish we had time to go into my leads coaching framework in more detail. But right now, for you to go out and start coaching, what, why, how? What's going on? Why is this happening? How can we create a new possibility? So let's break this down. What's going on? Assess, seek to understand their point of view first. Gather the facts, because if you don't gather the facts and if you don't assess, you're assuming. And once you're assuming and you already think you know what that person is going to say, conversation's dead in the water, you're driving your own agenda and you're eroding trust. So what's going on? Assess, gather the facts, suspend your assumptions. Why is this happening? Why are we in this position in the first place? Root cause, what's the root cause? And finally, how? How can we collaboratively create a new and better possibility together? So that's the model. Now, what are the questions that you can use that are non-negotiable in every conversation, which you asked me to share with everyone, Mike? Number one, in every conversation, you need to know the person's intention of the conversation. So if someone is coming to me and I'm a manager and they say, Hey, Keith, I really need your help. I'm working on this deal or I'm working on this, this one partnership opportunity or, or whatever the case may be. What should I do? How should I handle this? The first thing you need to know is, okay, what's your expectation in our conversation? Where do you want to be when we're concluding this conversation? Where do you want to be on the other side of this conversation when we wrap it up? So you need to understand where they want to be and leave with so that you meet their expectation. It's a non-negotiable question. Actually, wait a second. That's a really good sales question as well. Huh? There's the sales connecting to coaching again. Number two, what have you tried so far? How have you done it? If you don't ask, you don't know. What have you tried so far is one thing. Well, I tried calling them. I sent them an email. I pinged them on social media. You know, I used Morse code, carrier pigeon, smoke signals, nothing. They're not responding. Okay, we'll get them next time. No. Do you have any idea how that person engaged, what the messaging they use, how their, what their email sounded like? Absolutely not. So it's one thing to ask people, what have you tried so far? It's another thing to ask, how have you done it? What did that message sound like? When you called them, how did you open up that call? Now you're coaching the message. One of the biggest misses that managers have in coaching is the inability to focus on coaching the message. They'll coach, they'll coach the what, but the how is more critical. So we kind of need to know that. And managers, please avoid the, did you try this? Did you try this? Did you try this? Did you try this interrogation trap? Okay. One question, what have you tried so far takes care of all of it. So here we go. What have you tried so far? How did you do it? How have you handled a similar situation like this in the past? Huh, that's an interesting question. Because that question right there solves another challenge that managers struggle with keys. Is it, when is it a training issue? When is it a coaching issue? Well, how have you handled a similar situation like this in the past? Well, Keith, I've never done this before. Training issue. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Keith, the last time I tried this, I tried this and I did X, Y, and Z. Ah, coaching issue, refining their game just like the top athletes, practicing more and more than playing in the game. So you need that question as well. 
Here is the billion dollar question. What assumptions are you making around and fill in the gap? Because everyone is making assumptions. Assumptions are the root cause of all evil, miscommunications, lost sales, departmental silos. Ask the question, what assumptions are you making about the customer? What assumptions are you making about your coworker? What assumptions are you making about the other department? What assumptions are you making about your peer? Assumptions are you making about the customer? Guaranteed that right there, that will cause a breakthrough. Now, moving along, what do we need? We need to build momentum. We need to create accountability. Well, as I shared with you earlier, now's an opportunity. You've uncovered what they know. You know what they know. You know what they don't know. Now's an opportunity for you to fill in the gap. Can I share with you some observations that I noticed that will help you be more successful? Now is when you fill in the gap, not earlier, now, okay? Once that's done, you and I'm fast forwarding, collaborating through the solution, but you're not over. You need to build momentum and accountability. So what are you willing to, make, to commit to? By when? How can I be the best accountability partner and hold you accountable for achieving the results you want? What would be a good way to support you? No manager ever asks that question. Another man the question managers don't ask is, if you don't honor the commitments you make, how would you like me to bring this up? How can I approach you in a way that you would be open to having a conversation about this? Managers, I just saved you years of the universal conundrum of how do you hold people accountable? I just shared with you the answer. Stop banging your head against the wall and saying, how do I hold people accountable? Uh, I don't wanna micromanage them, but I don't wanna give them too much rope to hang themselves. Ask them. Ask them. So now wrap it up. Okay, you got the commitment, you got the timeline, you got the follow-up. It's not over yet. The managers, and I have to throw this in, like, and I promise I'll stop talking after this. Oh, this is great. <laughs> the end of that conversation, managers will often say, okay, Mr. and Mrs. Direct Report, I'm going to shoot you a text or I'm going to shoot you an email and um, I'm going to send you all the things that you committed to and what we talked about, okay? What are the three fundamental principles of coaching again? Let your people do their job times three. Why managers are you doing the debrief email? Let your people do it. Now that's another lesson in time management and it now puts that accountability on their plate. So they respond to you, whether it's a text or whether it's an email, hey, this is what I'm walking away with. These are my commitments. This is when we're reconnecting. They say it, they own it. They own it, they're accountable for it rather than being told what to do. Now it's not you being the bad guy and putting more work on your plate. And remember, this is the reason why the fundamental principle of coaching and why it is so powerful is this. It doesn't matter if you're, you've been a salesperson for five, 10, 15, 20, 30 years or a manager for that long. It doesn't matter if you know for sure as the sun is shining out on this beautiful day, you know exactly the right answer that that person needs to help achieve the result they want. It doesn't matter if you have the perfect answer because people resist what they hear, but believe what they say. They say it, they own it. They created the solution, they're empowering themselves. It builds their confidence and accountability. That's when managers, how you can scale and build a culture and a team of autonomous people so you can focus on not spending your day putting out fires, but doing what your primary objective is, which is to make your people more valuable. It's awesome, a, a ton of great insights there. A couple of things that stood out to me uh, that I wanna just reemphasize. I, I feel like from a listening standpoint, you know, it's so much better to listen to understand instead of just listening to respond, right? Um, and then probably the, the money ball quote of the day, I think is, you know, you can't scale dependency. And I think that's something, you know, if I, if I didn't write anything down today, I, I would put that at my desk, at my computer, uh, you know, such <laughs> an important statement. Um, so I want to kind of switch gears a little bit for, for those that might be sales reps on the call. And, you know, maybe I have aspirations for management. I, I want to grow into to that role. I want to be a great leader. So what are some things I should be doing now to prepare for that next step and you know set myself up to become a great coach and become a great leader? Regardless of whether or not as a salesperson, as an independent contributor, uh, you want to become a manager. Okay. 
developing your coaching skills at any level in any position, both at home and at work is a non-negotiable. Because remember, it's just the more empowering uh, and, and more respectful and deeply engaging way to connect with people on a, on a totally different level. So why wouldn't you want to do that in every area of your life? So it's it's not just it's not just about uh, it's just not, not about work. You know, when you're a leader, leadership doesn't stop at the end of the day. You know, leadership happens from the time you wake up at home in your community, uh, in your life. It's just who you are. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to coaching, number one, to me, it's a non-negotiable. You know, you don't do coaching. You be a coach. I'm a coach. It's who I am. One of my core values, the three things that get me out of bed every day, my wife, my three children and making an impact, which I, I hope I'm doing now. So what can you do in non-negotiable? Start developing your coaching skills. Got some really cool online programs here that people could sign up for my two-day training. It's ridiculously, I've made it so inexpensive just to make sure that people out there are getting the resources they need during this, this tough time. Invest the time in yourself, you know, because you're not making other people more valuable if you're not making yourself more valuable. The other thing I would strongly suggest is, aside from developing your coaching skills, which will be your competitive edge as a salesperson, I. I would strongly suggest doing a lot of due diligence uh, before deciding you want to be a manager. And let me just share with you a very quick story of what I mean. There's often this uh, allure, this appeal, this sexiness about being a manager. Oh, I'm a rep. I can't wait to be a manager because, you know, a manager, I mean, it's so easy. They just go around and tell people what to do and they make more money, right? <laughs> not not always, it's always the truth, right? So what I would suggest any salesperson is to spend your assumptions. Talk to managers, talk to other managers that maybe have gone back to sales, talk to successful managers, talk to managers that are struggling, ask them all the things that you need to know to see if this is truly a fit for you. And to go deeper, you know, there's also that other consideration is you need to make sure that as a human being, your personal values, priorities, integrity, and personal vision is aligned with your career. Because if not, you're going to feel off, you're going to feel out of integrity. So when it comes to deciding whether you're a manager, uh, I'll share with you this quick story and, and then we can move on is, uh, I remember uh, I was doing a sales leadership coach training program and one of the managers was telling a story about one of his reps who said, hey, you know, I wanna be a manager. Of course, he's been a rep for three months and he was looking for that promotion. I'm sure no one has ever gone through that experience here, right? And he says, yeah, you know, I, wanna be, I wanna be a manager, okay. So the manager was pretty smart. Instead of getting on a soapbox and telling the person all the reasons why, well, they're not ready and there's no position, the manager said, great, I wanna support you in your career aspirations. I'll tell you what, for a month, I want you to shadow me, okay? So you're gonna basically be living in my office. Uh, You're gonna be on calls with me. You're gonna be in meetings with me. Uh, You're gonna be in coaching sessions with me. Uh, you're going to be in meet client meetings with me. You're going to be doing, uh, uh, um, you know, weekly reports, performance reviews, uh, business planning, be doing all that cool stuff. So you can see what it's like to be a manager. So this, this manager, he says, a week goes by, the salesperson goes and says, I never want your job. Now, granted, you know, to me, that manager was a chief problem solver. I wouldn't want that manager's job either. Either. But you know what I would want? I would want my job. And what managers need to realize is managers, and I'm looking at you right now, we we both have the same job. Your job is to make your people more valuable every day. My job is to make people more valuable every day. That's a core value of mine. I guarantee that's a core value of yours because every single time I work with teams and I ask managers, why are you a leader? Because I wanna make an impact, because I'm passionate about helping people succeed because I like to achieve goals collaboratively because I want to create a legacy and and make people feel that they can create the success that they want in their career. Well, all of a sudden that gets thrown out when the fire drills are going and, you know, the people are lining up outside the office and all of a sudden all that great, all those great reasons is why you're a manager is forgotten and we slip back into our chief problem solver role. We need to be mindful that we don't get tested on our good days. We get tested on our bad days. That's why they call them bad and challenging days. That's when the true essence of our character is tested. 
And that will be your defining moment. Do I coach and ask a question or do I just go back to chief problem solver mode? And you said something earlier about prioritizing coaching. And uh, I don't remember what I had for breakfast yesterday, but I remember that question you asked me 10 minutes ago. And I'm gonna share with you a story here. Uh, when I was in Ireland, one of my favorite countries, uh, was wrapping up a two-day leadership uh, coach training program. And we were going around the room on the second day and just debriefing. And one of the managers in the room said, Keith, listen, I'm bought in. I can't wait to start coaching my people. I'm just struggling with one thing. I'm really struggling with trying to figure out how I can fit coaching around all of my other responsibilities. Now, before I could respond, another manager jumped in and said, wait a second, you need to look at this in a different way. You can't ask yourself how you're going to fit coaching around all of your other responsibilities. You need to ask yourself, how are you going to fit all of your other responsibilities around coaching? Because if managers, that is the fundamental shift you need to make. Because when managers say they don't have time to coach, it's like saying, I'm not putting my people first, period. No, that's amazing. I, I think I see the best leaders are the ones that genuinely enjoy seeing their people accomplish their goals. And they're not just about the title. It's not just about the more pay, but like that genuine excitement and seeing others accomplish their goals. Um, so you mentioned just challenging times and that's a great segue to what we're in currently. Um, and so we'll love just to hear your thoughts on kind of putting your sales leadership cap on now. If you're leading a sales team right now, you know, how can we maintain that positive culture during these uncertain times? Uh, what's that right approach between us having wellness checks with our prospects and clients and still maybe trying to drive revenue if that's what's being asked of us, right? So you know, how would you approach just these current times? Yeah, uh, unfortunately, fear is is a great inhibitor of of growth and success, especially. And I'm sure no one on this call is a is a is a perfectionist or a control freak. So uh, when um, if you fall on, and I'll raise my hand, everyone, I'm a recovering perfectionist, uh, still recovering. It's been about 30 years now. Uh, my point is, um, perfection is rooted in fear. Okay, so if you're trying to be perfect, it's because you fear at not achieving a certain outcome, i.e. trying to control the outcome. Right now, those perfectionists out there, which are the majority of salespeople managers that I know, this in and of itself is exponentially causing more stress because they have no control, okay? They have, I, this is my 11th week in quarantine, okay? If, if, if I was to go downstairs, I don't think there's any more room in my living room for another thousand piece puzzle that me and my family have done. Okay, like I, my wife and kids are like, yeah, we're gonna hang them on the wall. I'm like, guys, we don't have a wall to hang on these. I mean, there's like 50,000 pieces of puzzle pieces together there. So um, uh, being, again, this is what happened, sorry, 11th week in quarantine. Uh, managers and salespeople need to take off their selling hat and their managing hat, and they need to put on their human hat instead right now. And, the most important conversation. And again, uh, I'm happy to, you know, Mike, you know, follow up. I'll send you a couple of these links so you can get them out to everyone with all these resources that I want to send. I have a great template on the conversation that I'm about to share with you. Uh, and um, basically, it's about having a reset conversation. I mean, think about it. Our world right now, it's like the job that you signed up for yesterday is not the job that you're doing today. And before before this um, uh, horrific pandemic, 43% of global companies never even offered remote work. So granted, you know, and again, especially where, where you guys are so hands-on and, and people, you know, I can imagine how challenging this is for you. I mean, my pain is not being able to go to the games this summer, but more important, no offense, not being able to see my concerts this summer. I had like 10 concerts lined up, they're all canceled. So everyone, this is what you need to do. You know, when you're calling your customers and managers, you're calling your, your direct reports, you know, don't start off with, hey, you know, what do you got in the pipeline? What are you closing? How many appointments do you have? How many calls did you make? You know, your, your people, they're struggling. 
and managers are struggling because they don't even know how to work at home. They don't know how to work at home. Now they have a remote team, compound that challenge. They don't even know how to coach, let alone coach remotely, let alone how to manage a remote team. 74% of managers have never been trained how to, tr how to manage remotely. Forget about coaching. So these are the things right now that we need to just suspend stuff because people are really struggling. And we need to be mindful that every single person is going through something. And this is an opportunity for managers to connect with your people at a much deeper level and a much personal level. So what I strongly suggest, and again, I will be making sure everyone gets this template, is be proactive. Call the people that are on your team. Call your peers and have a conversation that sounds like this. Listen, I know that right now our world is upside down and there's a lot of uncertainty and, and fear going on. I, I'm experiencing that too. And what I really want for you is, is to feel that as we're going through this transition, I'm a resource for you and that you feel I'm in your corner supporting you whenever you need me most so that you're not feeling isolated. You're not feeling disconnected from the team and you're still getting the support that you need to stay inspired and motivated every day. So I'd like to ask you a few questions just to see how this transition is going for you so that maybe there's some opportunities where I could support you better in creating a healthy and balanced home work life. Are you open to having this conversation? Now, by the way, that's enrollment. You need to create that alignment and buy-in because if you don't share your intent, it's very simple. If, ex if intentions aren't clear, people default to fear. So managers, if you're running around saying, hey, got a minute, want to speak to you, uh, people are freaking out because they don't know your intentions. When you need to set your intentions clearly, just like I did. So now what are the questions you want to ask? I'm just going to rattle some off on the top of my head. So how is this transition going for you? What's been working well? What have you been struggling with? What did you actually thought was going to be difficult, but you found easier? What did you think was going to be easy, but actually you found more difficult? How are you setting your personal boundaries at home between work and life? How are you ending your day to ensure you're able to turn off work so you can be present with your family or significant other or your friends? How are you setting those boundaries so that you're ensuring you're getting the support and taking care of yourself. What is your self-care regimen? Right now, and I, listen, I'm, I'm pretty excited and I may post this, I don't know yet. I'm coming out of this quarantine in better shape than I got in. I am primed for summer, everyone. So uh, any all you young guns out there, I'll, let's go, let's get on the court. We'll see what you got. Uh, I'm totally lost train of thought now. You got, you got me sidetracked there. So, <laughs> so uh, uh, my no, I think it's a great point of, of just, you know, the human first kind of mustering. Yeah, just, just those questions and like really taking a vested interest and in saying things like, listen, um, how can I be the best manager for you and support you in a way that you feel that we're connected and that we're staying in touch with each other for you, so you don't feel isolated? And, and that self-care that self question that I deviated from is critical. You know, if you're not taking care of yourself, you know, it's like you're going to gain those, you know, Corona 40 or you're going to come out, you know, mentally, physically, spiritually healthier. That's up to you. You know, as, as, as horrific as the events that have unfolded, there are some glimmers of hope. There's some glimmers of brilliance and, and opportunities here that we just need to take advantage of. One of them is actually enjoying and creating a healthy remote workplace. And, and when we turn this around, we're not going back, everyone. You know, we're not going back to work. We're going forward. There is no back. It's forward. And this is an opportunity to recreate and redesign your life the way you want. When done correctly, 70, I think it was 77% of people actually are more productive and enjoy working remotely. And they're more productive. And, and the organizations love it because they're getting more productivity out of them. And people are happier. They're more engaged. Wow, that sounds like a coaching culture right there. Those questions I'm going to make sure I'm going to everyone gets because it's a conversation you need to have with everyone. And quite frankly, you need to have it with yourself as well, as well as your significant others. Yeah, it's a big important, important piece too for leaders as 
kind of the self-care part that you mentioned, because I think there's times where, you know, I do feel like our leaders do a great job of, of being concerned for their staff and making sure their staff has some sense of a balance, but I don't know that they kind of practice what they preach, right? And uh, it's always kind of the last thing you think about is your own kind of self-care. Well, uh, Mike, let me let me just position this for everyone right now, and I'll just say it with one question. Uh, for those people that think they're uh, decent at time management, it's probably the one thing, and quite frankly, I wasn't going to write a book on time management, but it's you can't be a great leader you, you can't be a great contributor. You can't be a great salesperson, business owner, parent, friend, sibling. If you don't own your day, because if you don't own your day, then everyone else and everything else is going to own it for you. And now you're living from a place of reaction rather than from a place of intention. So here's the question I want you to reflect on. And this is a great way where you could begin your journey of developing your world-class routine. From the time you wake up in the morning until the time you go to sleep, do you have a daily and weekly routine that details all the specific and measurable activities that you need to engage in on a daily basis that not only moves you closer to achieving your goals, personally and professionally, but keeps your life in balance and harmony? Not one person can ever raise their hand to that one. And I don't say it to make people wrong. I say it because look at the opportunity you have. When people say, oh, Keith, you don't know my business. I can't have that routine. It doesn't work like that. That right there is the greatest coaching moment I hear for people because that's when they can't see the possibility. Because time management, forget about everything you know about time management. It's not just about time blocking. It's the inner game of time management. And then there's the language of time management for you to protect your time. Great points. How can our leaders, you know, we think about just kind of sharpening our own sword, so to speak. And you know, how do you keep yourself sharp? What are the things that you do to kind of sharpen your own skills and make sure that you're continually to grow and learn? Yeah. So uh, my wife, my three children right there, uh, they continually challenge me every day. They are my best coaches. I wouldn't say my wife is uh, coaching me like the way I train people but uh she certainly is my my children and my wife are my greatest teachers and i'm truly blessed to, to have them in my life they are the center of my world so uh more important than anything is i'm going to share with people what keeps me grounded and focused every day it's my morning regimen and i know that when i don't follow it i feel off for the rest of the day many people that i've shared this with um on many of the teams they've adopted it and they love it and basically what I do is um, before I get out of bed, open my eyes, I take five minutes of gratitude. Now, it's very easy to get <laughs> a little uh, depressed in times like this, but we still have so much to live for. We need to focus on the good, not always the bad. We need to shift our binoculars around a little bit. So my, my friend who's a cancer survivor taught me this. And before I get out of bed, I take five minutes of gratitude. And what I do is I say, and it doesn't matter what God or higher force you believe in, but Thank you, God, for a bed to sleep in. I turn to my wife and I say, thank you, God, for my beautiful, healthy wife. Thank you, God, for a house. Thank you, God, for legs that I can get out of bed. Thank you, God, for my three beautiful, healthy children downstairs. Thank you, God, for a job that I'm passionate about that allows me to make a difference in people's lives. That's coming from a place of deep, deep gratitude. And I try to live that every day. And when I get into my, before I get my tea and before I boot up my computer, I go into my office and then I just do 10 minutes of guided meditation. Now, just to make it, say it in a different way, breathe in and breathe out 50 times. That'll be about five to 10 minutes right there. And that's it. That's all you really need to do is just sit like I'm sitting here. You know, there's a million apps you can download uh, and just deep breathe. 20, 30, 40, 50 times, I promise you will make a difference in your state of mind and well-being when you start the day off right. That's what I do. The other thing is if, if, if you're going to commit to being a lifelong learner, that's not going to happen passively. My clients have to schedule a coaching call with me. They do that because that is how they grow, how I challenge them to be the best them they can be and live the best life they can. So what are you doing to challenge yourself? What are you doing to learn every day? If you don't have the appointment, you don't have the commitment.
It's like if you don't have the appointment to coach your people, if you don't have the appointment to practice self-care, if you don't have the appointment to spend time with your family, as silly as that might sound, it's not going to happen. So it's critical that these things get scheduled intentionally. Otherwise, we're living from a place of reaction every single day. So again, if you're, if you're going to be that lifelong learner, the, the final thing I could say is, who's your coach? Who's holding you accountable every day? Okay. I strongly recommend, and Mike, we, we've touched on this a few times on this call is what's, what's really the definition of a true coaching culture. It's not when managers are just coaching their, their directs. It's when every single person in the organization is a coach and they're coaching each other. And now the, the language of that organization is coaching. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a great, I mean, it's a great, a great point. I think to end on one thing I'm excited about though is that Keith has agreed to join us two additional times in the month of June. Uh, so we'll, we'll have you back. I could talk for for hours with you, Keith. But our next, <laughs> our next time, anyone wants to hang out, you know what? With I used to travel two weeks out of the month. I have a little extra time on my hands, Mike. I'm good, man. I'm good. We can just out three hours right now. We appreciate your time and in future conversations we'll have on, you know, coaching customers to succeed, how to dive into that consultative sales coach approach. And then the third conversation we'll have on mastering time management and, and really owning your day, like you mentioned here today. Uh, Keith, how can people, you know, if people want to connect with you or you know, check out your website or, or catch up on some of the books, what can they do to find you and find that? So, um, first of all, I want to make sure everyone has my mobile number. Uh, it's 516-231-2774, 516-231-2774. I know some of you are out there thinking, why would Keith give a thousand people his mobile number? Because my commitment is to you, and this is my dharma, and this is why I was put on this planet. So I implore you, you have my mobile, text me, email me. Ping me on social media. Oh, and by the way, everyone, make sure you connect with me on LinkedIn and Twitter because I'm kicking out so much new content with all this new time that I have. Really want to help you continue your journey of excellence to become a world-class transformational leader. Final thing is jump on. I could give you all my websites just to make it real easy. Leadershipacademy.com. Right now, I have my my time management course online. I have my sales leadership coaching course online. You can get it, I mean, at a ridiculous discount rather than me coming out to, uh, to the teams. I'm also doing my remote coaching program. So now, and I know that every team has this um, unlimited amount of budget for professional development of, their, of all their people, right? Same amount of budget for the players. I get that. Um, but uh, yeah, I've been around the block, guys. I know what's going on. So listen, for pennies, for pennies, what you can get the same exact program that I do on site. So if anyone's interested, just give me a call or text me anytime. Happy to see what I can do to support you. Keith, we appreciate you. This has been fantastic. Look forward to uh, to even more conversations. I feel like you have helped our leagues get better today and, and looking forward to continuing. Uh, thank you everyone for joining us. Feel free to email me if you have any thoughts or questions or feedback or anything that's on your mind. Uh, otherwise, we'll see you again here soon. Have a great weekend. Take care, everyone.